Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back. We are in the middle of August. Can you believe it? It's so wild. I sure can't because that means I'm about to have a baby, another baby in one month. It's so crazy. I have been batching podcasts, like recording a lot, basically at once. Um, That way, hopefully, I am able to keep shows rolling out even while I take a little bit of a break during my maternity leave when our baby girl is born. But I just can't wait to come on afterwards. My plan is to share her birth story, and we're already already just in prayer about what that experience is going to be like. And if you'd be interested in me sharing Flora's birth story at some point, let me know because I have not shared that really in full detail anywhere, but I do feel like I'm at a healthy enough place where I have processed that and I would love to share what that experience was like for us. So speaking of birth and postpartum, today's episode is with my very dear friend, Nicole Roth. And when I say very dear friend, I truly mean it because she and I have been friends for a couple years. We'll actually share in the beginning of this episode how we met and it's kind of funny. Um, But she has just been such an encouragement to me in my motherhood journey. She was actually the first person who found out that I was pregnant with Flora and um she and her husband Brandon walked through a really challenging time in the first couple of weeks postpartum with her first daughter, um, Sage. And so she really today just tells the story of what that experience was like, as well as some things that in hindsight she wishes she would have known or ways that she realizes that she could have handled things better and vice versa. Really, it's just an encouraging story. If you have gone through postpartum, if you're preparing to, um, if you have friends who are having babies, and honestly, if that is not your phase of life right now, please don't write this episode off because in general, it is a great conversation about miscommunication and expectations and ways that God can show up to meet us there in those challenging moments. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my friend, Nicole Roth. Hello, Nicole. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. This is so fun. I felt so much like, I don't know, it was such a different feeling preparing for our conversation today because you are one of my best friends. And so (laughs) even as I was thinking about like the questions or just like the topics and stuff, it was, it was really fun. And also just kind of like less intimidating because I was like, it's Nicole. And like, I'm just so excited to share your story. It's fun. I'm not like as nervous. So I might be more conversational. I I can't believe you're ever nervous on these anyway. Yeah. Well, a lot of times I feel like it's people on Instagram that like I have been 
following for a while when sometimes we talk and sometimes you know I just follow them and then we have this like real life conversation whoa but yeah um okay how you and I know each other is like kind of funny because (laughs) you were my high school cheer coach (laughs) turned one of my best friends um and (laughs) I know what a very strange time I you saw me through lots of phases of my life age (laughs) the what the best of page. Oh my gosh, the highlight, the the real of, yeah, so many, so many phases in my life, um, which is so fun though, and such a gift that you've been able to like speak such encouragement because you've been such an integral part of my my life. And I feel like really when we got like closer was this summer um, after I got married. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how we started texting my, more regularly, but I remember telling you that I wanted to get pregnant and yeah. you were like, you should do it. <laughs> and that was really fun because I didn't really have – it's not that people weren't telling me like don't get pregnant, but I didn't have anyone like really encouraging that. And you actually knew that I was pregnant with Flora before John because I texted you. <laughs> At like 5 a.m., I woke up to test and John was asleep and I sent you a picture and I was like, is this positive? (laughs) Yes, that was the morning. I was taking my kids to the Wiggles in Tulsa, Oklahoma. (laughs) Big time stuff. I will never forget it, though. Like in our very first apartment, John and my first apartment and um, yeah, texting you because I didn't I ended up waking him up at 6 a.m. like an hour later. But I didn't want to wake him up unless someone else thought they saw a faint positive line. So thank (laughs) you. Sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) So yeah, you're just such an encouragement to me like as a mom and as a wife. And honestly, I feel like you are my go-to person even with like marital stuff. Like I think I've learned that it's really good to be – kind of like picky well obviously picky about like who you share hard marital stuff with like when you're in the thick of it and I'm just so grateful that John and I both trust you like he knows if we've had a fight I'm probably gonna like text you and be like okay what do you think about this like Mm -hmm. be honest with me tell me what I'm not seeing in this um and we just both really trust that you're wise and just That's so sweet. I love awesome. you. <laughs> I love and you too. <laughs> you're the best. <laughs> um okay, so can you start off just by like introducing yourself? Tell us who you are, um a bit about your family, where you live, that type of thing. Yeah. Um so again, my name is Nicole and I am from Kansas. I was actually from Oregon and that's where I met my husband at a camp and we met in 2011, reconnected in 2013 when I was a senior in college and then we started dating long distance. I moved to Kansas to be with him and we got married. We were only engaged for 5 months. And which isn't that how long you were engaged for? Uh, about? I think yeah, like about five, five or six. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and then got married. Um, I was a teacher, and then after, um, I was pregnant with my oldest, Sage, who's four. Um, I decided to stay home once she was born, and then Brandon started teaching at a Christian school here. 
and he is an associate pastor at our church and the school Bible teacher and school pastor. So, oh, and then I also have a son. He's two. <laughs> Maddox. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Maddox. Wait, I feel so ridiculous. I just put two and two together that you and Brandon were both teachers because I forget about that part of your life. Like, yeah. I knew that you were my cheer coach, mm-hmm. but I forgot that you like taught before you had kids. Yeah, I taught preschool and then I had also taught first grade. Okay. Do you yeah. feel like that's something that connected you guys was teaching? Brandon and I, no, um, he wasn't a teacher when I was teaching. Okay. Um, so when I left, that opportunity uh, just became apparent at the Christian school. And at a lot of private schools, you don't necessarily need to be a licensed teacher. And they can kind of decide what qualifies you to be a teacher at their school. Oh um, and, yeah. And so he's – he's um, yeah, so he's the Bible teacher there. So he teaches 7th through 11th grade Bible there. Cool. Yeah. And then so he started, his first year teacher teaching was the year Sage was born. So Sage was born in the summer. And in that fall, he started his career in education. Cool. That's mm-hmm. so cool. I don't know why I never really yeah. thought about how all that worked. Yeah. So, okay, you kind of gave us like a super brief rundown of how you and Brandon met at a camp in Oregon, but I do want you to share like a little bit about how you guys reconnected because I I think it's really funny, like initially your first impressions of each other and then. Right. So in 2011, (laughs) like I was 19, he was like in his younger 20s I don't really remember for sure if he was like 21 or 22 um but we met at this camp and then I was kind of seeing this guy um and but Brandon and I he at the time he lived in Colorado and I was in Oregon so when he went back to Colorado we would just like kind of flirtatiously text um and I was again like kind of seeing this other guy that I was seeing from high school it was just like one of those typical stories where you're like on again, off again after high school. And it was ridiculous. But um, in 2012, he was coming back to camp. I wasn't going to camp. Him and I got in some sort of argument. I don't really remember the details. And then we just did not like each other. And I was like, why am I wasting this time? Like holding this friendship with this person that I don't really need to or waste energy because he's not even from here. And then we didn't talk for a whole year and we kind of forgot about each other. 2013, I decided to go to camp and he was there again and he apologized and I was like, oh, and it was just like a great reconnection at camp. But yeah, we went like a whole year, year and a half, not talking, thinking that we would never see each other again. And then we did. And then it was like, wow, I actually really like this person. And I cut ties with the guy that I was on again, off again, seeing, and Brandon was it. But man, we, yeah, we dated long distance, which made communication really, really good because you had to be really good at communicating long distance. But then when you put us in the same area, it was like our first year of marriage was like we were dating still. So that it was really weird time. Oh my gosh. I have never related to anything more because Mm -hmm. John and I started dating over Christmas break, Mm -hmm. like when I was in college. And then our entire dating was long distance for like five months. 
Yeah. And like you said, you have to be really good at communicating. And honestly, I was like, wow, we are just set up for success because look at all this practice we have at communicating. And I was so confident. And then we were engaged, like we were living closer, like in the same town when we were engaged, but it was so like focused on wedding planning, which is a whole other issue that we like weren't focusing on preparing for marriage. I was focused on like the wedding Yeah, that like you said, the whole first, I feel like year it's yeah dating and like yeah learning how to communicate and And honestly I think the biggest thing that I learn and want to like share with people is when you are I I feel like no matter what age you're getting married at you're constantly growing as an individual and you and your spouse need to learn to grow with each other and kind of learn who we're growing into. Like as a 30 year old, I'm not the same Nicole I was as a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's super important to always realize that like, as we're growing and evolving into who we are as a middle-aged adult, older adult, young adult, whatever it is that we need to support each other through that type of growth. Cause we're not going to be the same people that we married in when we were younger, if that makes sense. No, totally. You're not always going to be the 19-year-old page. Were you 18 or 19? I was 19 when we got married. Yeah. Like you're not always going to be 19-year-old page and sometimes that could that could get stuck in someone's brain of like you're not the same person um I married. No, you're not the same person. Like that's the part that people forget is like they're not going to stay the same. They need to grow together. Totally. No, I think that's such a great point because I even think about stressors, right? And like how when we were um, dating, engaged, and the beginning of our marriage, like, yeah, I was 19, John was 23, 24. Mm -hmm. And I was in college, but my degree wasn't incredibly challenging for me. Like we, John had a job at a church that he really loved and was very like life-giving for him. And we were very like financially stable in that position. And then we decide to like start him in a two-year intensive grad school program and have get pregnant twice in that two-year program, you know? And it's like, okay, well, obviously we're not going to be the same carefree, relaxed, good at communicating people that we were, you know, in different circumstances or whatever. But it's, yeah, being able to grow through that. And I love, I love that you said like no matter what age – you get married at. Cause I think that's something that a lot of people get really hung up on, but the way God created us, it's like such a gift that we can be ever evolving and changing yeah. and growing. Like I'm so grateful that I wasn't just given this brain or this personality that's like stagnant forever and can't change or can't grow. Um, but it's definitely frustrating when you like are in marriage and there are things about your spouse maybe that have changed that it's like hard to accept. Yeah, totally. So Nicole, you have shared with me before that you and Brandon are in the process and dreaming about writing a book together on marriage, which is so, so cool. I will be the very first person (laughs) to buy that book. Um, Can you just explain kind of like the concept of what that book will look like. Yeah. So it's going to be written about mine and Brandon's personal 
life events that have happened of when we were either fighting or arguing or like big, huge miscommunication fights that we've ever had. And we're going to put them into different chapters, like me starting one chapter of how I viewed the fight was going or how my side of the argument went. And then the next chapter would be his side. And then the, the next chapter would be us coming together and writing it together of the missing holes in communication that you can clearly see and how we kind of mended that argument or fight in our life. Because we actually listed out um, we actually listed out some of our <laughs> biggest fights. And it's really funny because we did it not we didn't do it together. We wrote them separately and then we shared our list and we were like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. Or like I wrote one down and I didn't even remember what we were fighting about, but I remember the circumstance around it. Mm -hmm. And it was just so interesting. And so we actually used this opportunity of this idea. Brandon's the associate pastor at our church and he did the whole month of June um, sermon series and it was called Home Improvement. And on the second Sunday, I was able to preach with him and we kind of shared what one of the chat or one of the sections of the books of the book would be about. And I shared with the church my side of the story and Brandon shared his side. And then we kind of came together um, with almost like the sermon message series, series part of it. And so it was really cool. And I can tell you a little bit more about that specific time right now, if you'd like. Yes. Yeah. So that I remember you telling me this specific story over Voxer, I think. And I don't remember, I had come to you. I can't remember if it was after I had Flora or if it was just like in general, I was like, here's a hard, like, here's a fight John and I just had. Like, what encouragement do you have? And you shared this story with me and it was so encouraging. And by the way, I know I've said this already, but John and I got to be there when you and Brandon oh, yeah. preached together. And that was so powerful. I mean, John and I just kept looking over at each other, like with tears welled up in oh. our eyes because it resonated so much, which is really why I, I mean, I wanted to have you on the show anyways, but I was like, Nicole, you have to tell that story because it so deeply connected with me. Um, it's about postpartum. And so not postpartum specifically, but yeah, just kind of that time in your life. So yeah, just go ahead and share that story with us. Um, as well as, you know, if I know Brandon's not here, but I also know that you guys have talked through this a number of times. So kind of his perspective and what the Lord was able to teach you um, in that scenario. So to start the story, it really needs, I really need to talk about um, before I had kids, I had a huge passion for missions, whether it's supporting those in long-term missions, going on shirt, shirt, <laughs> going on short-term missions. Um, I was able to go to Cambodia twice when I was in college. And so the idea of missions and doing kingdom work out in the world is huge. And we had the opportunity um, with our youth group to take our kids on a mission trip, but I wasn't quite ready to take them like out of the country. So Brandon really just gave this trip and planning to me because it's not really his 
forte and he likes missions, but it's not like his thing. And so I was super, super stoked. And I found us uh, like a really quick mission trip in Colorado, which is only a seven hour drive from where we are in Kansas. And it was to love and help those who are homeless in the Denver area. I was so excited to take our youth there and we had meetings and fundraisers and all this good stuff. And then I found out I was pregnant that same fall we started planning this trip. But I thought it was still going to be doable with a baby because our baby was going to be born in June and the trip wasn't until the end of July. And in my head, I had this idea of what motherhood was supposed to be like, especially because my sister-in-law does it with so much grace and she has... At the time, she had three kids. She has four now. But at the time, she has three kids and she does all of – she's just like meant to haul these kids around. And I wasn't mentally prepared of what that was going to look like. But since I saw her do it so much, I thought I could do it. And – so we were going to take Sage with us on this mission trip and I was we were going to get a hotel and it was just supposed to work out great. But in June, Sage was born and – To make a longer story short, she was just super colicky and cried from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. like nonstop, like the first, honestly, the first like three to four months of her life. And it was super exhausting. And she also had severe acid reflux. And I had to give her medication before and after breastfeeding. Like it had like time. And so when you're a baby, they're eating every three three, four hours. So it feels like you're constantly also putting this anti-reflex medication and then feeding and then having to give it again, but then having to get it, give it again in an hour because she's going to eat again soon. So it was very, very stressful as well as being a cheer coach, as you know, and like setting all of that up and to gear up for football season and stressing out about what is pumping going to look like when I take the girls' football games, basketball games, all this stuff. Nicole, I have no idea. Like now I know I've told you this recently, but like <laughs> how could I have known when I was like 17 what right. you were going through? But I, I don't know how you did it. That's I don't so either. much. Driving you guys to away games with my pump machine <laughs> and then at halftime having to go out to the van and use my – car adapter for my pump <laughs> putting my little baggies of milk in like a little mini freezer cooler oh. so that we could have milk for the baby while we were oh man it was a mess. we were clueless it Gosh. was so fun. I'm like sweating even though it's like 30 degrees outside yeah it was crazy anyways but back to that summer um sage was going in like her seventh week of life. And then we decided that Brandon had to go on this trip without us. And that was a hard decision because it was like my baby, this trip was my baby before my actual baby. Like I really wanted to do this mission trip. So I was feeling all these feelings and I had severe postpartum anxiety. I was scared and lonely all the time. And then I was so stressed that Brandon was leaving for a week and I didn't know how I was supposed to deal with this baby who cries all day without my partner. And he was feeling stressed. This is kind of his side. Like he was feeling stressed because he didn't want to leave us. This wasn't the trip that he planned. It was a trip I had to plan. I planned, but he saw to do it. And he also knew that I was super anxious and 
um, I, I wanted the support, but there was nothing he could do because it was also his job. So he had to leave. I was super anxious. It was a Sunday. That following Wednesday, my friend uh, Janelle from college, um, my college roommate, came, flew in from California to help me. And, and we had planned that when we decided that I wasn't going to go on the trip anymore, which was super nice. But again, at that time, she wasn't a mom which makes the dynamic a little different because then I still felt like I had to, I don't know, I, was, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I had to host. I feel like I could be myself around her. But um, you're, you just have like another person in your house that doesn't really understand what you're going through. Um, since then, she's a mom of two now. So we talk about that time. Um, but also during that week, while Janelle was here, she was holding my crying sage Sage was just losing her mind. I had 10 cheerleaders in the basement trying to get their cheer uniforms and I could hear Sage crying, but I knew I had to focus on the cheerleaders for a second. And I had to just trust that Janelle had my baby, which was totally fine, but also stressful. Through this whole scenario, I'm taking out all of my anger on Brandon because he's my safe space. And But also for whatever reason, I was letting anxiety take over myself and just sending him spam text messages of how upset I was. And so when he came home, he was totally overwhelmed. And I feel like I can never really do this story justice because a lot of it is internal emotions. And as an outsider listening to this story, you're like, well, what's the what's the big deal? You know, but for us, it was a huge deal. This was probably one of the biggest times Brandon and I didn't think we could survive our marriage. And so we sought counsel with our head pastor and we needed to figure out, like, if this type of fight happens again, what are we going to do? So we had to dissect every single part of this to understand each other. And we had to intentionally understand each other. And so for me, even though postpartum anxiety is so real, I didn't look to God during that whole time. And that was the number one thing I should have done. And the second thing is taking a step back and understanding who I am and my needs so I can explain that to Brandon. And yeah, and so just a whole communication piece that Brandon and I needed during this time and support that we needed to search for. So yeah. Yeah, wow, that's that's so huge. And I feel like, I love that the two things that I just heard you say is like, number one, you needed to seek God in that time. And I love that you said that you needed to understand your own needs so that way you could communicate that with Brandon. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever considered myself to be a girl who like, quote, plays games or expects my husband to read my mind. Yeah. But I basically am doing that when I don't know what I need and I'm upset with him, right? And so I think that is a huge component, whether you are walking through postpartum or not, just like being able to explicitly explain that to your spouse is huge. And especially in that postpartum time when your body's going through all of these changes and they yeah. aren't even aware of everything that you're feeling. And so to just be able to say like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed right now. The noise from your video games, mm -hmm. while it shouldn't be a big deal, like it's really overstimulating me. Yes. And I think I also need a snack. Like, can you yes. go get me something? <laughs> just being able yeah. to, to say that instead of, you know, kind of working around the problem 
but creating more problems, you know, being able to ask for what you need. I also think there are times where you don't know what you need and it's important to express that and being like, I have un or, or like explaining like I'm angry right now, but I can't figure out what's triggering it or what the root is it root of mm-hmm. it is. So I need a second to think this through and then I can tell you. Yes. No, that is that's such a great point too, because yeah, I've that's been a tool or I guess just something lately that I've been trying to implement as well. Like when I am getting overwhelmed, communicating to John, like, I'm not upset with you. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't know why. Like, can you (laughs) can you help me? And that is so much more helpful for both of us because then he's able to have empathy for me. Yes. Instead of be like, yeah, me just getting angry about something and him feeling hurt and confused as to what's going on. And I feel like doing that stops you because like I fight mean and I think you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. But like I fight mean. I know how to use my words to be hurtful. And when I'm at like I call I tell Brandon I'm seeing red right now. When I see red, that means like I am over the top, angry, overwhelmed, whatever, and I need like a second to chill or else I will, I can hurt you right now. And that's definitely not of the Lord. And so those are huge times where you need to like overcome yourself and (laughs) figure it out. Totally. Yeah. It's so hard to do, but I think knowing that like, gosh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 is like, my favorite verse ever. And I discovered it definitely after Flora was born. I don't remember like when exactly, but Mm -hmm. um, God has not given me a spirit of fear or sometimes I replace that with like (laughs) anger, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but a power, love and self-control or sometimes it's translated as a sound mind. And I love that because I think it's so easy to like mentally justify all the reasons why we should be angry, all the reasons why we should be, yeah, just like lashing out basically. And while it may be true that like I've been really walking through this even this week since John has been sick and I've been like, you know, Flora is so much and I am so pregnant and this is so hard and like all those things are totally valid, but I still have the Holy Spirit's help to like have self-control and to – like you said, step back and figure out what I need so I'm not seeing red and absolutely not justifying them. That's so good. So what was like, since you guys worked through that in the early parts of Sage's life, how do you feel like you went into postpartum with Maddox? I mean, I know it was a different yeah. Situation because you didn't have like this trip and that sort of thing. But do you feel like you were, I guess, kind of mentally prepared to like battle the enemy basically? Yeah. So it's actually super funny. Every time that Brandon and I have had some sort of bigger tiff or argument or something, if a similar event comes up, we actually have a conversation before it happens mm. and so that we can be proactive about it. Like, um, even with vacations, like we'll talk about expectations and that's the biggest thing that we've really learned from all of our arguments and fights is expressing expectations. Um, if you know them before going into some sort of event. And so like with Maddox, we had expectations of like, 
how to help each other with sleep and like how to help each other play with Sage because now we had a toddler. So it is going to be different because now you, you don't just have a newborn, you have a toddler with you too. And so, yeah, just like having and sharing expectations before any type of event was is huge. Even like when we went to Branson a couple weeks ago, like we've had uh, miscommunication and disappointments with vacations in the past because we had different thoughts of how it was supposed to work. And so before Branson, like literally every step of the way, we're like, how do you imagine this part of our day going? Or like, how do you imagine us riding in the van with the kids? And how do you imagine who's driving or things like that? And so, which it's always going to be Brandon driving, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But just being like taking victories from past fights, knowing that you can learn from them and not use them as bullets for your next fight is huge. And it just feels so victorious. You feel like so angry with your spouse feeling like, how can they not understand you? And then figuring out like ways to communicate through it. It feels, we feel like on top of the world every time we fight. And this is going to sound so crazy, but when I know one's bubbling up, I'm excited for the victory at the end because I know that Brandon's going to listen to me. And then like knowing that we can, I don't know, I feel like I, I feel like Brandon and I can do anything now. And that could be super naive. And we do fight still, but like we probably have a couple good argument fights throughout the year or every other month or whatever, because we're human and we sin and we still fall short. And so, but I just, I have so much trust in him, or maybe I just have a lot of trust in God that he's going to help us through it. But yeah. That is so, yeah, encouraging. I've heard people say like, it's not about never fighting, but just like learning how to fight well, basically, and like how to recover and communicate and work through that. And I think that it's, yeah, it's hard. I've been trying to think about like things that I would say to myself or to other people who are like preparing for marriage. And part of me thinks that there are like ways that people can prepare individually and as an engaged couple. And then part of me is like, I don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And it's kind of something that you just kind of like have to experience and figure out. So what would you say to someone who's maybe like struggling with, um, yeah, just like being in a cycle of arguments, Mm -hmm. um, with their spouse and maybe is like, is wanting to get out of that cycle? Like how would you suggest, they go about just approaching that situation in a way that's that's not accusational. Yeah. yeah. What encouragement do you have? Okay. So I guess the three things that I would share is first, are you seeking God? Second, do you know yourself? And because if you don't know yourself, your spouse can't help you. And then the third is seeking an outside source of counsel whether that's your pastor or therapist, family member, friend, like sometimes you need a third perspective to help you see inside Mm -hmm. because you're always going to be like you, you're always going to play defense and you you can't. And so you need a third person to break that wall down. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. That is so good. I love, I love that. And I feel like, okay, I I have like so many follow-up questions. Like, Seeking God, I think that we have this idea for 
you know, it's different for everyone, but generally I think within this like Christian woman community, it's like I have to sit down every morning with my coffee and Bible and journal and do X, Y, Z and only listen to worship music. And obviously, you know this too, being the mom of young kids, like that can be really earth shattering when you have a baby and you're breastfeeding or just like feeding them and not sleeping and your days look super different and you're really tired and it's really you, just one day. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you you have to constantly be available for your kids. And so I think that was really hard for me. Like just an inward struggle of like, I really, I just want to be with Jesus. But like, I would almost get annoyed if Flora like had a need or something, right? And that's not godly either. And so just what encouragement would you have for someone who's like, okay, I want to seek God, but how do I adapt in different seasons of life? And again, this this doesn't just apply to moms, but right. what encouragement do you have? I think that's where you need to take over your own life and be intentional about it. And so is there a time and maybe if you're in a busy time in your life, you do need to schedule that in with your day. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to um, wake up at four or five in the morning, which that's still one of my goals. Like I, I personally want to do that soon. Um, but what does that look like for your day? What does that look like with your kids? Does that mean – and you can also invite your kids with you to do that. However, that's also really hard when you have a baby. And so being super intentional to spend time with God is being intentional for yourself. And that could be at night before bed. Talking or praying with God could also just be you in the shower. Like where can you make it a consistent time in your day? Because you can't just like – you can't just be fitting him in in your life. You need to be intentional, you know? And so – even though that sounds like you're just kind of fitting him in in the shower or whatever. But, like, <laughs> um, but that you do have to be intentional spending time with him because you can't just put him off to the side because you're tired or you're, your kid's human or your spouse needs you or whatever. Like God has to be your number one always. And it's just, there's just like no black and white with that in my in my life and in my opinion, because we wouldn't even be living this life without him. So Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really – I think you said something along these lines, like seeing time with the Lord is like taking care of yourself and spending time like for yourself. And it really is interesting how when I'm consistently spending time with the Lord, whether that's like listening to worship music or like reading my Bible for 15 minutes or whatever, like it's not necessarily like I read something in Romans and I'm like, at that's at the forefront of my mind throughout the whole day and I'm like meditating on it and then I notice that my behavior changes it's weird sometimes I don't even remember what I read that day but like it's just so cool how God's word is like alive and can literally shape our behavior and our thoughts and all of that for sure okay I want to switch gears kind of for a second Mm -hmm. and I'm Wanting to know what is your favorite thing about being a pastor's wife? And then what are also like some of the challenges that yeah. come with that? So I was, it was actually, I'm going to start with the challenges because it was super hard. I had this, again, I had this idea of what it was going to be like to be a pastor's wife when we were just like dating, but it was actually just really hard because you're 
a pastor is supposed to be there for your family, but also there for others and the community and your church family. And sometimes that means at a phone call, your husband is needed somewhere. And that was a huge part of what Brandon and I had to learn with like expectations and communication of like what his job title entailed. And that honestly, that took three years, three plus years to really fully grasp what that meant. And for me to fully grasp supporting him through that, that was really hard. Um, But it sounds easy enough. Like it sounds like great. Like, oh my gosh, my husband is so helpful to others and he loves the Lord and loves people. But again, I'm human, I'm selfish. And sometimes I just want my husband to stay home. And again, we've worked through that so much and he compromises so much and yeah. Um, and I think the best thing, honestly, the best thing for me is when I'm studying the Bible, I feel like I can ask him so many questions like, and pick his brain on his theological views because when I want to understand something, I sometimes I look it up first and then I ask him or I ask him first and then look it up of whatever the question is. And pretty much just having a theological guru in our house. Obviously, some of it is his opinion on things, um, but that's my favorite part. I know it should be something more ridiculous, like doing stuff for the church or whatever. But I like having, I like having his brain. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I love that, and I think, yeah, what a gift, even for your kids. I love one of my favorite things about just like who you guys are as people and your family is your sweet babies. I know they're not babies, but I just call. <laughs> all yeah. children babies um well and, baby flora is gonna be baby flora in our i house. know yeah sage sagey calls flora baby flora like forever um but i love how you and brandon like have been so intentional and consistent in teaching your kids about god's word like whether that is just through stories and books or you guys have the cutest songs and i am just blown away because i'm realizing now having a toddler of my own, like that does not just happen. Your mm-hmm. kids don't just know who Zacchaeus is, you know, on, <laughs> yeah, they, they don't just know. They're not born with that knowledge, right? Like you guys have taught them so well and already given them such an amazing foundation. And also it sounds like it takes a lot of humility. I love that you have that humility in that you're able to see Brandon as such a resource. Because I know it's different, but John, my husband, is a therapist. And I get asked sometimes, like, what's it like being married to a therapist? (laughs) And you and I have talked about this. Like, sometimes it's really hard because he will tell me, like, oh, actually, what you just said is is a cognitive distortion or whatever. (laughs) And I, when I'm not at my best and when I'm not, like, walking with the Lord. I see him as my enemy. I see that as being a terrible thing and like wanting to fight him. But when I am able to humble myself, it's not that he is in any way asserting that he's like better than me, but he is using the gifts and the knowledge and the training that he has had like to help our family and to help me. And so I just love that you are humble enough to see that as a gift to you and your family. I was joking around with you today and I texted you this story, but I was making a sandwich a while ago today 
and Brandon was in the way of my sandwich because he needed to take one bite of a cookie. And I was just super impatient waiting for my sandwich. And he just turns to me. He's semi-joking too, but like he turns to me and he's just like, does God give us patience to have patience or does he give us the opportunity to be patient? And I'm just like, boy, I just want my sandwich. (laughs) Like stop preaching at me. That is so funny. We've had we've had moments like that as well. And I love this is not the best part of me and this is this is joking as well, but I love when I hear John say something and I'm able to be like, "Uh, that sounded like a cognitive distortion," you know, like <laughs> using the things that he's taught me. I'm never like fully serious, but yeah, that's so funny. I love that. Well, I can't imagine like how challenging it must be to be the wife of a pastor and someone in leadership and ministry. And I just want to like thank you for your sacrifice because I know that that has to be so hard. And yeah, being able to release him, um, knowing that obviously he does put your family first, but there are times where he needs to go and like serve in other capacities. And so just thank you for being willing to support him in that because obviously your sacrifice is helping so many other people in your community as well. So let's just wrap up with a couple of fun rapid fire questions I ask people at the end of every episode. So I think I can guess what one of your three things that you've been loving lately is, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to wait until you tell me and then I'll see if I'm right. The three things that I've just been loving in general? Yes, just in life. Okay. So crocheting. Yes, that was it. I was like, it has to be crochet. Crocheting, um, Annie F. Downs. <laughs> Love her. We're a big fan here. Oh, I also got this new Bible study. And it's called, it's actually called The Bible Study, a one-year study of the Bible and how it relates to you. And it comes in two parts. Um, The first book is Old Testament. Second book is New Testament. And it's by Zach Wendell. Nice. I think I was at your house. You were like, oh, I just got this. You hadn't started it yet. But Mm -hmm. yeah, those are the two things. (laughs) I love that. Um, How can we as a community be praying for you? Um, Well, oh, I just got the church administration job at my church. Yes. And um, watching a couple more kiddos once the school starts. Whoa. So how many will you have in your it's home? Different. I'll always – sorry. I'll always – so I always have my two. And the most I'll have just on Mondays is three extra. But Sage also goes to school. So Mondays are going to be my big days. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I just have my two and an extra – and then Friday, I have my two and two extras. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, well, whenever I'm living closer to you, I will make a note that on Mondays, I bring you your Mocha Bianca to – I switched it. <gasps> What's your drink now? A vanilla latte with an extra shot. Oh, my gosh. You're changing it up on me. I love it, though. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. And, Nicole, where can people find you? We didn't even talk about this, but you actually have a – would you call it a video podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Me and my best friend, Hannah, we do a video podcast called Meeting in the Middle. Um, you can find us on Instagram and our handle is – hold on. I need to check because I think it's just Meeting Middle because we couldn't put Meeting in the Middle. 
Yeah, it's just um, meeting middle, but we have been on a summer break and we're going to restart in the fall and our content is going to be changed up a little bit. Our first, we're calling it our first season, (laughs) um, is all just like in-depth Bible studies and we're going to switch it up in the fall to something more exciting. So cool. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Nicole. So fun to just hang out with you and you are literally one of the wisest people I know. Like I, you're an Enneagram too. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm so grateful. My mom is also a two and I just like try to be self-aware and not take advantage of either of you. But I know that you both just are my safe spaces. Thank you for having me on. This was so fun. I love you so much. I love you too. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.